Um, I think I get to actually do the introduction now, right? Okay, all right. So I get the great privilege to introduce our today's speaker, and that is Kimberly Jackson. And yeah, that's exactly the right response, because if you know Kimberly, you know life, right? Uh, the thing about Kimberly, I think Dave Brunk, my brother, probably summed it up best, and he said, if you really want a glimpse into her soul, look at her shoes. <laughs> And he said, he said, they will be colorful or interesting or as fashion always is when it's at its best, it'll reference things in intriguing and new ways, in revelatory ways. And that, I think, perfectly sums up Kimberly. She does things in new, interesting, different combos and references in a way that is always revelatory. This is, she is just bright and colorful and so much fun. I mean, that, if anything, fun, 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 okay? But I have to say, just for that reason alone, I would have her speak, but that's not why I'm having her speak. I'm having her speak because God told me to have her speak. In fact, I wasn't going to have a guest speaker today because we have one next week, and I didn't want to do two in a row. But I got to tell you, the Lord jumped all over me and said, I want you to have her speak. And I went, deal. You know, I'm good. And then I heard what she was going to speak about. And I just went, God's in control. <laughs> he knows. You know, he knows what he's doing. And this was quite a while ago that I asked. But he just, we're exactly where we need to be because of this. But let me just say one last thing before she comes up here so that you'll really know the measure of the woman. And that is, this is a woman who, I think absolutely every fiber and cell in her being is oriented to growing in him both personally and to help other people. Personally, Kenny's sitting right next to her, and she, ha she put a little tent out in the backyard so that she could go out and pray with people and stuff, and then Kenny made it, because if you know Kenny, you know he makes things much better. And he made like a really nice tent. And now I think we're into iteration three where it's winterized, and pretty soon it'll be, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it'll, it's just unbelievable. But this is a place, this is a place where Hours upon hours upon hours of prayer has taken place both with just her and with people that are with her, and even when she's not there. This has become a tent of meeting, a place where people are meeting God and praying. That then flows in rivers of living water out into things like, and this is just one example. She did our graphics, by the way, and all that, but lots of things that she does around here. But the one that I really want to mention right now is, is the Women's Bible Studies which we have enjoyed now for years. And as I was thinking about what to say about her, God brought something to mind which I'm saying, and I say it advisedly. I say it knowing exactly what I'm saying. The truth is, in the women of this church, they have grown and learned as much from the Bible studies that Kimberly has brought as they have from me, if not more. And that's the truth. And that's worth something. I love that. Anytime you can get transcendent of me, you're doing good. And she has helped people to get transcendent of anything here to get to God. So that's who Kimberly is, and that's what she's going to bring. So welcome her, would you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, am I on? All right. Oh, gosh. So we're either going to have a rapture 
right about now or in a half an hour this will be done. So I, I'm, I'm, I can go either way. I, I do have to interject one thing. Uh, I am part of a Bible study leadership team. Uh, Stephanie Racky, Chrissy Joy Maddox, Dee Woodbury, Cheryl Worlius are currently uh, our team members and I would not do this without them. I, you, you wouldn't want me to do this without them. That we in community do things that we can't do uh, when we're by ourselves and that is a prime example of that. So, okay. I'm gonna talk to you about something that has been on my mind for literally years. Just honestly, since I started coming to this church. And I, I really hope I get through this without emotion because I really am super uncomfortable. I like happy emotion, I'm all about that, but that's sad emotion. You know, I'm like, you know, I look like I'm sucking on a lemon and I sound like Minnie Mouse with a boa constrictor around her neck, you know? It's not pretty, you know? There are some people, you've seen them cry and they're like, Oh, they're just like so beautiful, like Cinderella, and a little tear comes out of their eye, and it just makes you, you know. I'm not that. You, you, you want to help me. You want to call 911 when you see me cry. It's not, it's not good. If you have problems with this message, maybe you aren't going to like my message. We absolutely do want to hear from you. Kurt B at lakesam.org. Absolutely, please don't, don't be shy. I'll even give you a subject line. What were you thinking? Okay, all right. So now I have to find a clicker. Clicky, turn the clicky on. Clicky is on, okay. So first you get to see this. Okay, this is my dad's family. These are all of his siblings from one mother and one father. That's 14. He's the guy standing right above the seated girl. That's my dad, Raymond Eugene Hyatt. So, second to the youngest of 14. Now, these guys are all gone. They're all gone, right? I mean, because I'm the youngest of 11, so this has been a while since this picture was taken. But from these people are five, over 500 descendants. I have over 500 cousins from these people. These are my aunts and uncles on one side of the family. That apparently was not good enough. You know, produce, produce, produce. My last name is not Rabbit. No, it, my main name is Hyatt. So I'm the second to the youngest of 11 children from my mom and my dad. And this is on my mother's 100th birthday. She's right there in the white in the center. And uh, she was going to be a nun because she's very devout in her Catholicism. Dobras notibisco, you know, for those of you who speak Catholic, Catholic, you know, Latin, Catholicism. Anyway, uh, so here I am, this giant family, right? Now, out of my 11 siblings, there were two Christians. Christians, we just, there's just not a lot of us. And my brother is sends to see, so it's, it's me. I, you know, that's, those aren't good numbers. You know, from these 500 people, and, and from these 90 people, actually, this is only a sample of the 90. She has 90 descendants, over 90 descendants in children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. I mean, that's just a lot of people. So 
I have this picture hanging in my bedroom. I made it up for her after this birthday party, and at the end of her life, she was suffering um, some macular degeneration, and so I had to make the, the faces, each of the faces, at least an inch and a half high so that she could see the picture. I have a darling picture of her holding this picture, which is ridiculous because she's like having her arms out like this, you know, and making this 100-year-old woman hold this picture. I'm cruel on top of being old. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, I have this hanging in my bedroom because she is since deceased. She made it to 100 years and eight months. And uh, so I got this picture back and I hang it on my wall in my bedroom because one, it's really the only place it'll fit. And two, I made a promise to her that I would pray for her family. And her and her Catholicism, you know, we were different in our faith, but she prayed for her kids. It was heavy on her heart. And she knew I'd do it, so I made that promise. Now, um, I started coming to Lake Sam about 17 years ago, and my life changed dramatically for the better. It was the best decision I ever made. But I have to be honest that it wasn't me that made it. It was my darling daughter, Amber, who decided to come to youth group here, and so we soon followed her. And it's here that my life spiritually began to completely change into something else. I got filled with the Holy Spirit, led by Julie Brunk. If you haven't had that experience, please sign up for that one. That was awesome. And I began to walk in the prophetic, something I actually hadn't even really heard of. And I, I really began to understand what it was to pray. Because I grew up reciting prayers, uh, you know, a liturgical church, you know, I really know the, the good ones, the mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Or as my sister liked to say, I made a mistake, I made a mistake, I made a major mistake. <laughs> you know, we, you know, C Catholics also have the message, you know, so. Anyway, so something else happened when I came to this church. Because I, I'm not very well connected with this family. They, you know, it just, I'm just not. But you guys, I became really connected to you. I love you people. And I don't say that lightly. I, I really, you, I have got sisters. I have brothers. I mean, I have aunts and uncles and people, you know, that I needed in my life that you guys are invested in me like I am in you. We are eternal family. And that is far different than this biological family behind me. Because I'm not going to share eternity with them at this stage of the game. I'm going to share it with you. But I, I really want these guys there. So maybe you're like me. Maybe you have family and friends that aren't saved. And your heart is grieved over it, you know, and, and maybe you've done what I've done. You know, you've witnessed, and I know I've done it really badly, and I've done it okay, you know, but nobody's accepting Jesus. And maybe you've got that same problem. So that's where I'm going today. So, oh, I missed a part. Sorry. Okay. So when, when I'm looking at my family not having a lot of people having accepted Jesus. It also makes me realize that my, you know, my evangelical scorecard with them is weak, but so is the one in my life. I, I, don't, I don't have a great one. Now, uh, well, I guess there was this one time, one night, one of my friends, I led him to Jesus over the phone late one night. Now, he was drunk, but I'm going to let God sort that out. That, 
I, I can't worry about that. You know, what are you going to say? No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to pray that prayer with you. You're drunk. You know, I, whatever. So, and then there was that time that I went to uh, that Jesus Northwest concert back in 1978. And, you know, do you guys remember this? Those great concerts, awesome festivals. The Jesus movement was so, I just caught the tail end of it, but it was so awesome. But Keith Green, yeah, dating myself here. So, but really it was Keith Green, you know, in a beautiful altar call that led Kenny Jackson to the Lord, not me. So, I pretty much suck as an evangelist. So, this is what I'm talking about, because I've got skin in this game, this topic of that we're gonna, we're gonna dive into. I am really motivated to get this figured out. And I'm not telling you I have it figured out. Don't get me wrong. Do not think that I'm coming to bring you an answer. I am bringing a question. And I hope it burns in your heart like it has burned in mine. So, we need to get started. So we need a prayer. And it's gonna be my future son-in-law, Jeffrey Britcher. Lord, I ask that you, you open every heart in this room up to hearing a question in this sermon today and that that question would burn in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, the sermon is yours and the words that Kimberly is going to speak today, Lord. I just pray that they would would be your words, Lord. And yes. Lord, I lift up um, the church I grew up in, Highland United Methodist Church, and ask that the sermon they heard earlier this morning was equally as thought-provoking for them. In your son's name. Amen. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, let's get on it. Okay, so Jesus prayed this prayer on the night he was betrayed. So we're at the end of it. Uh, the betrayer, Judas, has been identified. He has left. The clock is ticking. What Jesus chooses to say now, you know, it has a lot of weight, right? You know, it's, it's something that it's punctuated. His ministry is punctuated by this. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Now, just in case he, you, know, you missed that, he repeats himself. May they be, be made completely one so that the world may know you have sent me and you have loved them as you have loved me. Now, maybe you recognize this passage. We have it paraphrased. It's on our awnings. It was prayed over your head every time you have come in and out of this building. This is our church motto, and pretty much everything we do comes out of it. I want you to focus on just the verse 21. This is where I really got, I've been hung up forever. I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one. It's this word just that we need to, we're called to mimic, copy the relationship that Jesus has with God. Now, so keep in mind that Jesus at this point that he's praying this prayer, he's in his physical body. God is spirit, he's physical, right? So that's pretty much what we are with God right now. We are in physical bodies, he is a spiritual being, right? 
So this is a spiritual relationship we're called to mimic, and we have an example of this. So I want you to hold on to that idea. So this prayer has two requests and one outcome. One, that we would be one with God. Two, that we'd be we would be one with each other, and the outcome is that the, the world will believe that God sent Jesus. Okay, Do you, are you feeling how weird that is? That is a weird, you know, kind of, it's not the sequence I would have put together. So here's the thing. I'm not seeing this outcome. Do you guys see this outcome? I don't see this in my life. I have this huge family that I have tried to be an example to, witness to, do all these things, and I'm not seeing this outcome that all of a sudden when they see me with my Christian brothers and sisters, my family is saved, that they're not going, wow, I was just standing around you and, and, and you know, I just watched you guys like, I don't know, being so spiritually one that I went, you know, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It just dawned on me. Never have I heard this. Have you ever heard anybody? Is there a box on some form? You know, how did you become a Christian? Well, I saw two people being spiritually one. Boom! I couldn't help myself. Right? Have you ever heard it? No, I haven't either. So, let's kind of, let's break this down. Do I, am I right there? Oh, yeah. Where am I? Okay. I am this. Oh, look, I'm still here. Darn. Okay. Oh, I thought it was over. Okay, so let's just break this down into pieces here. One with God. This is, this is the easier of the two. And I don't want to even say this is easy, but it is the easier of the two. One with God. One. He is God. He is the creator of the universe. He has made all the plans. He's the one who has got this all figured out, right? He's omnipotent you know, omnipresent. He is infallible God. So if you don't like his plans or you don't agree with his plans or you're just in disagreement with him in general, you might as well just face it up. Sooner or later, you have to get on his page because he's always right. So if ever you feel like that you are, that he is wrong, just go back to number one, God is always right. You know, it, 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 it's not a comfortable step, but it's nonetheless true. Now, one with each other, you and I, well, neither one of us is an infallible God that we can both just kind of capitulate to, right? You know, one with each other, okay, I might be right, you might be right, we both might be wrong, we both might be right. I mean, this is messy and unpredictable, and there is no formula for it. There's not a step one, boom, step two. So how do we go after this oneness? Well, we probably have to acknowledge first of what oneness is not. Oops. Oh, where am I pointing? What have I done? Oh, I had a whole bunch of... Oh, I didn't realize it would do that. Okay. Well, anyway, there's our outcome that I don't see. So there's the slide that I just talked through. Okay. So, God is always right. All right. Now we're getting to it. Here's oneness, right? One bike, two riders, right? They're both going to the same place right? Everything's good. You just ask the guy on the back, and he'll tell you he's just horsepower. It's the guy in the front, the guy with the cool helmet. He's the one making all the decisions, probably because he has a cool helmet. All right. How about this? These guys are side by side. 
right? They're together. They're, they're in a race together. This looks like our lives. Isn't this oneness? Well, sooner or later into that race, the stronger guy is going to pick up that weaker guy, and they're going to win the race, but probably because of the stronger, not because of unity. So maybe it's, a, it's doing good things with a common goal. I mean, we have done, this world has done amazing things without God, but coming together. I mean, take 9-11. I mean, that was a tragedy. That was a horrible thing. But in that tragedy, people came together, and they they grieved with each other, they helped each other, they fed each other. You know, it was a wonderful thing. I mean, the whole world, we were all in it. We gave like mad. It looked like we were all on the same side to help this city, right? But it didn't last. You talk to those churches around that area, they had a spike in attendance during that time, but it fell back to what it was before. It, wasn't ha- it didn't have a lasting thing. So how is it supposed to look? Well, apparently, there are some requirements. Okay. So, we're going to get involved here because we're family, right? So I want you to turn to somebody else, you know. By all means, ask yourself this question, but do turn to somebody else. And I want you to ask him this. Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? I'll give you a minute. Are you there? Talk amongst yourselves. Okay? Yes? All right. You are on the road to oneness. Check. No? You're not? Okay. This is an awesome day to make that decision. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. This is, this is it. And, and if you make that decision today, do not leave this church without telling someone. Our prayer team has Bibles. Don't leave this church. Don't leave this family. Walk out this door without telling someone you have made that decision. Okay. We're ready for oneness now, right? Well, not necessarily. There are, we need to mimic this relationship between God and Jesus. So, let's look at a few things here. So, prayer with Jesus, between Jesus and God, was, you know, an example of their relationship. So, if you look at, I ha, you know, I hadn't put a ton of, um, I didn't put a ton of this on here because there's so much. I mean, I started writing down all these passages and literally I was slide after slide after slide, you know, places that I wanted you to focus. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I just, you know, part of it, you're going to have to believe me. And if you don't, KurtB at LakeSam.org. What were you thinking? Yeah. Okay. So, but if you look at how he prays, you know, how, G- how Jesus talks to God, he's really honest take this cup from me. You know, he's plea, he pleads. He, in Hebrews, it says that he has fervent tears and cries. Fervent tears and cries. I mean, it's loud. You know, he's not, he's not passive. But the other thing he did in it, he honored God. Always at the end of it, he was like, not my will, but your will. You know, your name I, is honored as holy. I mean, he he was, he was a lot of things in that, but 
honor was a big part of it. So maybe we're supposed to be more honoring of each other. Okay, let's keep going here. Oh, sorry, that was that part. Oh, golly, you know, the things you don't know when you actually are a technical person. Whew. <laughs> okay, so I want to get on this, uh, the beginning of John 17, 1. Uh, glorify your son so that he can give the glory back to you. Isn't that weird? Every time I read that, that always just strikes me as weird. And I always kind of go to, uh, to a goofy little place in my head. You know, I kind of think of like two teenage girls like, I'm going to put makeup on you and you put makeup on me. And we're going to be glorious. You know, it's just, I, I just do this weird thing because I'm all like, I'm trying to get a, you know, a physical like place to park this. It just is weird to me. But he does say it. Okay, God, you give me the glory and I'm going to give it right back to you. It does sound like free will though, doesn't it? God says, I'm going to give you free will, and then you give it back to me, right? And we go, thanks. Well, actually, we don't even say thanks. We just go about our business. We do what we want to do, right? But Jesus didn't do that. So if you look, by the time he gets to, uh, if you keep going in that passage, by the time he gets to uh, verse 22, he's got the glory, and he's giving it to us. Okay, God gives him glory, he gives it back to him, and he gives it to us? Really? I mean, that seems kind of crazy. Now, if you look down here at this, uh, do I have that on there? I thought I had that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump it. Don't, am I going to jump ahead? Yes, I am going to jump ahead. Um, that if you, I looked up in Strong's of what this word glory is. It is defined as dignity, glory, or glorious, honor, praise, and worship. Now, what would happen if we dealt with each other like that. Now, I'm not talking about elevating anybody to God's status, not at all, because God makes it really clear that they, he will have no other gods before him, right? Now, we, you know, does it sound unfamiliar what Satan might have done, did? God gave him the glory. Instead of him giving it back to God in the form of worship, he went, yeah, I am dignified. I am glorious. Worship me, praise me. And look where that got him. This is not where we're going, right? But what if we honored each other? The word tells us to honor where honor is due. That is in the word, Romans 13, 7. So what if honor was part of our practice with each other? Okay, let's look at how we're dealing with things. Oh, wait. This is my friend Wanda Fisher. Isn't she fabulous? I love her. I do. She's one of my threefolds, and I hear it, just a little asterisk. I am a threefold junkie. I'm in three of them. Three, mm. And if you count my Bible study leadership team, which I consider also a threefold, that I'm in four of them. I, I love the connection that you can make with people. It's, it's vital. I, it's changed my life. Don't, you know, on those little cards that, you handed out, that we handed out, don't pass it by. Try it. Even if it goes badly, it'll make for a good story, right? Okay. So Wanda and I are in threefold together. We pray together on a regular basis, right? And we have gone through uh, tough times and good times, and, you know, we've had the gamut of things. And she also works here at the church at Lake Sam. And I do graphics here at Lake Sam. And uh, she's the one that brings me the details of what it is that I need to do. And she's the perfect person for it because she understands the heart 
behind what it is we're trying to accomplish. So she always kind of brings me back and grounds me in what I'm trying to do. And the cool thing about this is we'll come in and we always have paper in front of us because yes, we're gonna write on it, we're gonna kind of design, but we also start to fold it. We're just, you know, it's just part of our design process. And we start doing this stuff, and I'm not kidding you, this is exactly what we were doing here just last week with, or week before with this. You know, folding paper, and oh, what about this line? And you know, and then we start talking about it, and oh, have you ever seen this? I literally made one of those little egg carton things. Sooner or later, you're gonna have an egg carton in front of you. I don't know how, but there's gonna be a darn good reason that's gonna be really important that you have an egg carton in front of you. Um, anyway, so when we do start doing this kind of thing, by the time we're done, we don't really actually know whose idea was what. You know, we are a left hand and a right hand, and we literally, you know, we create these pieces together. But nobody looks at that oneness and goes, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I mean, I've yet to hear it. I'd love to hear it, but I, we have never had that happen, right? So clearly there's something deeper than this. This is my daughter. You may not recognize her because this, is, this darling girl can put on an outfit or comb her hair a different way, and I swear the girl should just be a spy because she can be, she has look after look after look. Okay, can I do this to you, Ambie? Okay. All right, so stand up, Amber. <laughs> Turn around and face your family. <laughs> Does this look like her? See? I mean, she just, she can do, it's amazing. I love it. It just thrills me. I mean, because she's cuter than a bug's ear. And, uh, and I love her. I love her. And I'm, I'm going to keep you for a minute, hon. Okay, so this is where, pray for me, pray for me. Do not let me go Minnie Mouse at this point, okay? <gasps> okay, I can do this. All right, so when she was little, she was my little shadow. We just did everything together, you know? Can you just imagine? I, I can remember taking her to the mall this one time because I kind of love to shop. I've gotten over it. I'm not as bad as I used to be. And we were on those two-tier racks this one time, and I'm like, you know, I'm going through my rack, and here she is down at her level on the rack doing the same thing. She's like flipping the clothes and looking at them. It's like underwear or something weird, you know. But she doesn't care because she's shopping with Mama, you know. We're just doing our thing together. You know, we're both artists, you know. She designs. She does all this beautiful, the creations that she's made, it just would blow your mind what she can do. And so we have this view of the world. We both were from, you know, that artist's brain. But then the teenage years hit, and the offenses began, and the divisions happened, you know. <laughs> You're helping me. Oh, God, I love her. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, but we began two peas in a pod, and pretty soon we were separate. We were out here, you know. A lot of that, you know? And some of it was teenage stuff, but stuff happened to her. Devastating stuff happened to her. She made devastating decisions, and devastating things happened to her. Pain happened. And the other thing that happened was how I reacted to it. I hurt her deeply with my reactions and my words. You know, we had like curtains between us. 
Oh, I didn't just change that, did I? Oopsie, I did. Sorry. Whoops. Yes, we're still on you. I should probably put this thing down. It's dangerous. So here we are. All we can do is just shout at each other or ignore each other. We're not doing well, right? We're having a really, really hard time. And this goes on for literally like 10 years. Not kidding you, 10 years. It was, it was really, I actually, I despaired. But thank God I had threefolds who prayed for me, interceded for me, and interceded for her. I mean, you know, we were eventually gonna get there. And she's off uh, living in Spokane. And uh, she has really, you know, she's got this job up there that she's just, you know, doing her thing. And she, in this time, all by herself, found a connection with God through prayer that looked different than anything that she had growing up. You know, that on-your-face kind of prayer. I mean, literally, she would talk about this, that she was literally like this, you know, in her, in her little room. And, and that con constant communication with God that she had. And at the same time, God was dealing with me, and he was softening my heart but he was reminding me of who he made her to be. And I was watching this special on PBS one night about this sculptor. And uh, uh, he was talking about how he had uh, all these sculptures in his head. And he was just grateful for every day that he had that he could let more of them out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my daughter. She has all of this in her. And I'm not kidding you. There's... You, she's got sketchbooks and everything right with her. This girl creates all the time. And so I call her up and I go, I tell her about this thing and I'm like, you know, maybe you could come back home and we can give this art thing one more go. And she goes, oh, mom, I gave up on that dream a long time ago. Oh, I failed. As, an, as a mom, I had failed. I was given Michelangelo you know, and instead of, you know, giving her the paints to paint the Sistine Chapel, I put her to work at Bartell Drugs, you know, or whatever. You know, I, I really, it was just terrible. But we prayed, and she prayed, and she talked about, a lot of people prayed. And she comes home, and these, this curtain that was between us, this thing that, where we had nothing in common, all of a sudden, we just began to part, and we found each other again. You know? <laughs> Kirk says, hug now. So, you know, here's the, here's the thing, is that is this is different because this is blood, right? You don't quit. You keep going, right? Is that what the answer is? Okay. You get to get off stage now. Thank you, Amber. So... You see the thing, you know, friends, they might be able to quit each other. You know, marriages end in divorce all the time. You know, it's not like that's covenant is the thing. Maybe it is blood. Maybe it is this thing of blood, right? Is that the difference? So are you starting to see a little pattern of tools? Pray with one another, right? Pray with each other. Be vulnerable. Be honest. Your threefold prayer that you have, just risk it. Expose yourself.
Where else am I? Oops, I don't want to go there yet. We are parts of one body. Just like I grew, you know, Amber in my body, she's always going to be part of me. You know, that we would look at ourselves as we are part of one body. You know, not like, a, not like you're going to look at each other and go, well, you're the spleen, I think I'm going to have you removed. You know, that, that we don't look at each other like that. We look at each other like a left hand and a right hand, that we're in this together, right? That we see that tough thing. So are you starting to see who might be in opposition to this? The enemy. He already tipped his hand with that whole glory thing. But there's something else he uses. He uses isolation. And how does he use isolation? Oops. I always forget to keep going with this. Okay. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. And then many of them will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. And he's talking about the church here. He's not talking about the world. He is talking about the church, and that is devastating. But this is the enemy's, he's just got an awesome tool in this. In fact, there is, we have done a study here at the, uh, the church. We've done it in a number of groups. It's John Bevere's Bait of Satan. I cannot recommend this more highly. Read this book, do the study, do the devotion. It is worth your time. So when we go after this oneness thing, because we, we know when we go after this oneness thing, we're going to offend each other. I am going to make you mad. I am going to say, oh, stop the laughing thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say I'm sorry right up front because it's going to happen. And you know what? You're going to make me mad. We're going to fail each other in some way. But it's what we do after that point that really becomes the critical thing. And that brings me to oopsie. All right, pray with each other. Yes, honor each other. See the good in one another. This is tools. I, I think I might have given somebody the wrong thing. Oh, well. Okay, so honor each other. See the good in each other. Call it out. One part's of one body. Forgive as we've been forgiven. Yay. Do you guys know this woman? This is Julie Brunk. I know, okay, so I have to, you know, I'm also a photographer as a graphic, well as a graphic designer. So when I was picking pictures of people and I'm like, I want to pick the prettiest pictures, certainly, you know, you know, not just, just that cute picture, but I want a beautiful picture. So this is Julie Brunk. I love this woman. This woman takes forgiveness to a whole new level. And I'm not even sure how she even learned this thing, but this woman will literally forgive as the knife goes in. She's like, oh, 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 it's okay, all right. I mean, the woman is light as air because she just never hangs on to that offense. She told, you know, when Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what they do when he's hanging on the cross, Julie Brooke took this to heart. It, it, to me, it's her signature. But it also, forgiveness takes practice. Because oftentimes the people that we are most offended with, it's a repeat. It's on lather, rinse, repeat. We haven't gotten to the bottom of it. Okay, is this enough? Right? Do we have everything we need? Have we given, we've gotten everything that we could possibly have in our arsenal to be one? Because I'm still, we practice this, church. I'm not saying that we don't. We practice this. I see this going all on all the time. Yet I do not see this thing of people coming to Christ, you know, being drawn to Christ because of the oneness that he sees, they see demonstrated in us. It is not happening. So let's, 
maybe look back at some requirements. Okay, so are you a follower of Jesus Christ? We've already established that, right? Okay, John 17, 23, I am in them. Okay, this is kind of critical. Because at this point, Jesus is praying this prayer. He's not in anybody. He is on this physical earth. He is uh, about to be betrayed. I mean, he's about to be crucified. So he's still in his physical body. Nobody's in him. He's not in the disciples. And we don't even exist yet. So he is foretelling the coming of the Holy Spirit in this. And I'm telling you, this oneness thing, you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Absolutely not. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. I love it that he's called the advocate. He's your advocate. Don't you want an advocate? He's also called the counselor, the helper, the great comforter. Do you see how he's going to pour this into you so that you can pour this into others? I mean, absolutely take what he pours into you in this, but don't keep it for yourself. Pour it out onto others. This is how you're going to be able to go back to that forgiveness word, to forgive, to give grace. If you are in this posture of being another's advocate, another's loving counselor, not telling each other what to do, but a loving counselor, tell them the truth a helper, a great comforter. Can you see that if you were those things, that forgiveness, unforgiveness is really hard to hang on to? You begin to love each other in a completely different way. But you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. So, where are we at here? I gotta remind myself on these slides. Oopsie, don't go there yet. Okay, so here's what we know. Let's just do a little recap. We know that the people... Wow, I had a blank slide. Okay, sorry, I keep being distracted. Uh, we know that the people we're supposed to be one with, that's each other, right? We know that we need to pray with them, honestly. We know that we need to be able to forgive them because we are going to offend each other. This isn't a, a maybe. Uh, we know the enemy is in obvious opposition. He wants us to, you know, glorify him, keep the glory for ourselves, not give it to God. Uh, he wants to isolate us in our offenses because it keeps us separate from God because he wants us like him. He is separated from God. He wants us like him, not one with God and Jesus. He wants us away, isolated. Do you know, have you been in a place where you've been isolated and the tapes you hear, the things the enemy takes, usually with a little bit of truth, and beats you with it? hammers you with it until he has you believing something that is not you at all. Oh, my family, rebuke him. Just rebuke him. So, when we're looking at what we need, we've kind of gone through all of this, but here's the thing, that God allows a testing in this because we are part of this outcome. One with each other is going to yield the world seeing Jesus Christ as the Son of God. He wants us to own this. You can't just let him take care of it. It can't just be, you know, oh, well, it's a predestined thing. God's going to bring to the whoever, you know. I don't have to be a part of this. 
Oh, I've witnessed, check, I'm off the list. No, that God, that Jesus himself calls you to be one with one another so the world will know he is the son of God. So we can't just step out of it and let it happen. Let it be somebody else's responsibilities. Least, least we can't let it be God. So God allows us to be tested in this. And this isn't always a success, right? You've experienced it, right? Have you had trouble with your Christian brethren? I have. And I haven't dealt with it well. But I hopefully I'm getting better at it. I'm going to keep trying. I'm never, I'm going to look at this like a blood relationship and not give up. Are you feeling me? Does this make sense? I can't see all of you because the lights, but that's probably a good thing. Okay, so when we're one with God, it's really easy to keep that role straight, this this uh, offensive thing. Because if we are the ones that offend, and he is the one that gives grace. But when we are one with one another, we are both the ones that offend, and we are both the ones that have to give grace. That's this mimicking of this relationship with God that we've got to get a hold of, you know? Okay, so there's one more critical piece to spiritual oneness, which I already gave you a little surprise on. Okay, it's the name of Jesus. Okay, I, you know, I have read this passage, all of John 17, and please do not, you know, short suit yourself by not reading this passage for yourself. Do, read the whole word for yourself, but do John 17 for yourself. That I stumbled on this embarrassingly not that long ago. Verse 11, Holy Father, protect them by your name you have given me so that they may be one. Protect them by the name that you have given me, that his name protects. Look at what this says here in Strong's. Protect, guard from loss or injury, keep the eye upon, hold fast, serve, watch. It means watch over. There is nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. He came to reconcile ourselves, to us, to God. And then apparently his name is also this protection over this process. You are having trouble with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Say the name of Jesus over your relationship. I'm not kidding you. This is, this is, he's the one that is going to, that name guards. It's a powerful name. So I want you guys to take a minute right now. Let's put some skin in this game. You got somebody that you have an offense with? Maybe they're sitting next to you. Just say the name of Jesus over your relationship. Just say the powerful name of Jesus over your relationship. You're the name that, that reconciles, the name that protects from injury and loss. Right, family? Just take a minute. Maybe you just need to pray. Maybe you need to take a minute right now and you think of that relationship that you're not next to physically. Okay, first I want to say this is not a complete set of tools. This is like a starter kit, right? I mean, we all, it's better to start with a starter kit than get overwhelmed, right? I had, all, I had so much stuff in here 
the word is in here. You're supposed to have the word in here. I mean, I just, you know, I mean, I, 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 literally I had to just keep cutting and cutting until I could be comfortable with it, you know. So I don't know how much information you can absorb, but I can only get a few points, and I got I to gotta really marinate in those before I can really get a hold of them. So I just want you to take some of these points to pray with each other. Do not short-suit your relationship, family, by not praying with each other. Pray honestly. Be vulnerable. Honor each other. See the good in that person. Call it out. Acknowledge it. He, that person is made in, in, in God's image just like you are. He puts stuff in them that's amazing. And it's not just a list of works. There's good things in that person. Call it out. We are part of one body. Just like, you know, Amber and Kirk were part of my body, we are more than that. We are one. We don't have to birth each other to have that oneness. God says we will be made completely one. Forgiveness. Forgive as you have been forgiven. Forgive lavishly. Be a ridiculous forgiver. And if things are going badly, if it's not working out, just speak the name of Jesus. Just speak it out, church. I'm telling you, there is such power in his name. Do not, do not think it is not powerful. I mean, Sandy, I'm going to rat you out, sorry. Sandy was telling uh, me about a difficult situation she was having one time, and someone had advised her to just say the name of Jesus. She was just like in a really terrible place, and she was focused on everything that was wrong. And so this woman tells her to do this. And so Sandy, as she's walking down the hallway, heading out to her car, she's just saying the name of Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And by the time she got to her car, she was like, yeah, this isn't so bad. I can do this. The name of Jesus is powerful. Speak it out. And by some crazy workings of the magnificent God that we serve, that us being one is going to turn the world around and open their eyes, and they're going to see that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You don't have to be an evangelist in, you know, Guangzhou or wherever. You know, you don't have to leave to do this work. Good for you if you do. Please be a missionary. But be a missionary right here. Be one with your Christian brothers and sisters. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Because this gain, that gain is going to impact the world. So let's seal this with communion. I want you to take your cups. <sighs> Father God, we need to be one with you. We need to be one with each other, Lord Jesus. You gave us everything we need, Lord. You were the perfect example for us. And Lord Jesus, this sacrifice of your body Lord, we receive it. 
we receive it. We receive your Holy Spirit. Lord, and this body, Father God, we acknowledge what you have done for us. We break that. Take the bread, family. It's his body broken for you. shed for you. Take this blood. Take this cup. It was shed for you. Receive it, family. Receive it. I love you guys. I want to hear some stories. I can't wait to hear some stories. I can't wait to hear you say this very thing. That I was just being one with my brother. And somebody came up to me and said, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. How weird is that? something with each other that cannot happen in the world. It does not happen. It cannot because it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes the example of Christ that the Holy Spirit leads us into. Forgiving, honoring, valuing, treasuring, glorifying. It, this sermon extended my understanding of what he's trying to do here not just for us, but for the world. And if you take the larger thing that we've been working on, which is we really don't get it, and you just apply it to right here, what you say to yourself is a simple thing. When I think of one that Kimberly and I have about our issues with each other, I'm crazy about her. I'm over the moon about her. I think she's spectacular. There's something that's transcending any issues 
that makes me love her in a way that anybody who was watching that carefully would say, why are you like that? Don't you know all that other stuff? And I just go, it doesn't mean anything to me. I'll tell you what means something to me. This picture, this person, the glory, the incredibleness. I just am saying, you, you catch where I'm going here. I think God is trying to say, we have, I, I talked to telling you this, we had a oneness in Lake Sam, and then the election happened. And not just in Lake Sam, but the whole world, everything split apart. And I've been saying since the moment that that happened that I think what God is trying to do is to teach us a deeper level of oneness. I've been saying that over and over and over again. He wants a deeper level of oneness. What I didn't get was that that's how he intends to bring the world. Now, I don't think we do it for that. I think we do it because he told us to be one with each other. I just see something now. If we do this, if we start pressing into becoming one with our differences, because precisely keeping our differences, our distinctions, because we get a richer, bigger body when we hold on to who God made us to be. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, I'm just, we all come before you right now with a, with a sense of what it is that you're doing, with a direction, with a heart, with a thing that tells us, God, that you're trying to do something that's way beyond anything we were thinking about. We were thinking about just getting along with somebody, how to bring peace, how to be better friends, how to have a kind of oneness that we thought was oneness. But God, you're coming to us now and you're telling us, no, I mean the kind of oneness that I have, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The kind of oneness that is so interrelated and beautiful and glorious, multifaceted, multicultured, multi-ethnic, multi-everything. And that there is this oneness, this beauty. Honestly, that's the word, isn't it? There's this beauty when we become one that the world looks at and says, I want that. So God, what we say as a congregation is, here we are, send us. Here we are. We don't even know everything it means, but what we do know is this is a beautiful picture you've painted. Now make it a beautiful reality. And we are saying, do whatever it takes to make us that. You've split us and fractured us, but it wasn't to break us apart. It was to grow us stronger. It was to connect us more deeply. It was to appreciate our differences more beautifully. It was to become more fully and truly who you are. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, every person in this body right now says to you, here am I, send me. Do this in me. And in so doing, we speak the beautiful name of Jesus over every relationship that it should be reconciled, redeemed, resurrected, that it should be made something that saves. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for bringing this message at this time. 
now make us that. In Jesus' holy and precious name. And all God's people said,